Rhythm, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD. When we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you got to get geeked up. So sit back, relax, and get comfy. Lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten. Coming straight out of Gotham. Wakanda, welcome to another episode of Straight Outta Gotham, the actual episode 98. I gave you a little love for episode 98 last week, uh, episode 97 uh, just happens to be last week, so I made a mistake, but the 1997 World Series is my favorite World Series of all time, ironically enough. Uh, just crazy stuff went on in that World Series, one of the best, from snow to Miami and then the Epic Game 7 finish, so that's that. That's what should have happened last week, but it didn't. <laughs> so, you know, me... As a, what was it? Who was the name of that Russian guy in Bad Boys 2? I forget, but he's like, me and Digits, you know, like, whatever. Uh, we are a fandom pop culture podcast and proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on the network by heading on to BOF, clicking that podcast drop down, and checking out all the other great shows on the network because it's just a wonderful buffet to pick from. Great shows hosted by great people. Uh, I am your co-host from the other side of the Hudson River. I'm a senior contributor to Batman on Film. I am Peter Arvera. And today we're recording on the evening of November 13th. Actually, no, it is the morning of November 14th now. Uh, it's past 12 a.m. 2022. And as always, I have a great show for you today. But before I get into good stuff, I'd like to remind you, all of our faithful listeners, if you take the time to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and we read your review on air, you just won a Straight Outta Gotham prize pack. So get those reviews in Rotten, like Rotten Tomatoes because you got to be in it to win it now. Let me introduce you to my partner in crime, the man who won the 1979 Huntington Double Stuff Sweet Potato Pie Cook-Off, ladies and gentlemen, a Batman on Film Jr. contributor, Eric Holzman. Hello, Peter. Eric? Yes, Sweet Potato Pie. It's delicious. Yes, it, was, it was the toddler division, and I won it. It was a lot of fun, actually. Well, you know, doesn't Gordon Ramsay have like a cook-off for kids? He has a show. There's a show. There's the show. There's the angry, not angry chef. That's a different show. Um, That's who he is. He's the angry chef. (laughs) Yeah. There's a, there's a show where they have for the adults. They have the same one for kids. I forget what it's called, but it's on Fox. I've seen it a few times. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. show. I've never watched the kid stuff, but I I enjoy Gordon Ramsay yelling at adults. It's funny. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is actually uh, amusing. Uh, intimidating, but that because then you like see him on other things and he's just not that guy, so it's a very strange. Well, I, you know, I guess he considers cooking his business, right? Obviously, so he's made a life out of it, so yeah, I would. I wonder how good of a cook he actually is, to be honest. I've never eaten any of his food, I've never eaten at a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. I haven't either. I know there are, I mean, there are probably some in Manhattan, I'm sure, but I've never eaten at there's a couple in Vegas. I think he actually has like a burger place in Vegas. Well, I've eaten at Bobby Flay's. Burger Palace. How was that? There, that was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have his special signature like seasonings that he his he's known for being with seasons, and then they have the Crunchify thing where they put the the potato chips on the burger, mm-hmm. uh, and then they actually serve alcohol there too, which was actually pretty cool. They I mean, have I like, figured they would. Yeah, margaritas and uh, like, I, but it's it's more like a fast food. It's more like a Chipotle type place, a casual. But really? Then they have yeah, yeah. It's not a sit down place. Well, it is, but it's not like a 
nice restaurant. It's more like a casual dining Chipotle. I follow a lot of guys in Turkey on Instagram who are like cooks and chefs, mm-hmm. and I want to try these these like Turkish places. I just don't know how safe of a country Turkey is. I feel like they're they're. I feel like the shady things may go on there. I don't know why. I just feel like it's not the safest place for uh, you know tourists. Oh, I mean, I I'm sure there's parts of it right that are bad. Um, yeah, because I think like ago, Salt Bay might even be around. Something like that. Maybe he's in Dubai. I'm not really sure, but I would love to try the Salt Bay um, steaks. I'll try anything. <laughs> so, uh, that, How about I, Rocky Mountain oysters? Would you eat Rocky Mountain oysters? Sure, why not? I'd give it a shot. Why not? You know, why not? What about raw? What about raw oyster? Rocky Mountain oysters? Yeah, that I might have to draw the. Line. Not gonna do the Liver King. Mm. No, I know. I know his slogan is very funny <laughs> and popular. Why well, have but, vegetable when you can have testicle? <laughs> but but I'm gonna pass on that. Uh, at least the live the the raw version. The live Honestly, version. The, the raw liver I had was actually it actually tasted better than the cooked liver. Oh, but it was also oh. because I doused it with maple syrup the way he does. So all I tasted was sugar. That was a funny video to watch. When I was surprised videos. how the raw liver tasted better. I actually seasoned the the liver I cooked and. It just, it's, 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 I remember that texture. It was so weird. I never, I never uh, ate anything like that before. So it's very interesting meat. Yeah. It's funny. I actually had lamb this weekend. Uh, I like lamb. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's like a different flavor of meat, right? Like if you get it, not if it's in like a gyro or something, they season that and it's, it's mm. usually the taste the same. But if you get it like roasted or like a lamb or even lamb chops, but I went for hibachi on Friday night. And I got uh, lamb for the. Fr- I didn't know that the places even had lamb for hibachi, but they did. They had lamb. They, had did lamb they make the volcano out of the onion. Of course, it's the best thing in the world, isn't it? Of course, they did that, and then they did. Um, we'll do like you know the, the sake. They shoot the sake into your mouth from the distance, and then they like toss the vegetables after. I haven't go. been to hibachi. You try, you try and catch it, dude. You got to go, man. That's one of the more fun experiences to do, food wise. That we I, have anyway. I I love Asian food, so like hibachi. Me too, man. Uh, Shoga. I, even just like basic Chinese food is still like delicious to me. I love lo mein. <laughs> ah, not too far of a stretch. Yeah, I, mean, I do. I really do. I love me some lo mein, man. Fried rice. Uh, no joke. The best fried chicken wings you probably can order from anywhere comes from the Chinese restaurant. Yep. You know why? Because they taste like the noodles. They, the the I was gonna say the egg roll, but yeah, you're not far <laughs> off. <laughs> they taste like the crunchy noodles or the egg rolls. Yeah, that's true too. But yeah, no, like they make it's that deep fryer. It's, that's what it's that. Deep they never fryer, clean man. the oil. <laughs> they never clean the, the oil. The best fried chicken wings you can get are come from the Chinese restaurant. It's true. It's, it's so good. It's true. Yep, me and my buddy used to say the same thing all the time. You get chicken wings there, and they have at least the one by me has like they make their own iced tea. But they put it in the wonton soup quart containers, so it's that's fantastic. <laughs> so and then they like cut they cut the slit in the in the in the lid too, and they give you a straw. So I'm walking around drink. It's it's the best I, I tell you, it's the best I see. The best stuff for the Chinese restaurant is always the stuff you don't think it's going to be. It's not the poo poo platter. It's not and the it's, pork roll. Pork. I mean the pork lo mein. It's the iced tea and the chicken wings. And I'll say this too: the deeper into the hood you go. Chinese food's better. Trust me on that as well. 
Let's put that out there. I believe there. it. I believe it. It is. It is better. I don't know why, but it is. So, and everyone out there who knows what, if you know, you know, right? That's what I'm saying. I, I don't usually use that phrase too often, but I'm going to use it right now. If you're in know, the you middle know. of the ghetto. Yes. If, the, if Chinese food in, in the hood is just better. So, uh, so are the haircuts. I'd say that much too. That's true too. I'm not going to lie. That's true too. So, well, we have some news to get through, like always, and uh, it's well, let's let's I guess start on the on the sad note because it just really happened. Yeah, it uh, happened. It took it happened. It, yeah, took, I don't think anyone was one was expecting it either. You know, <laughs> I feel like it took a, fandom took a hit this weekend. Yeah, it's been a rough year for fandom, uh, especially in the comic book world. Lost a lot of creators. And uh, I mean, this is Neil Adams. Yeah, this is comic book of Jace. Uh, If you look at it, Kevin Conroy, of course, everyone knows him, mostly knows him as the voice of Batman from Batman, the animated series and numerous animated films and video Video games. games, Yeah. Yep. He passed away at the age of 66 on Thursday. We found out about it on Friday, but he passed away on Thursday, Thursday night. Um. It's kind of ambiguous as to how I've heard cancer, uh, but that hasn't been totally confirmed, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, Kevin Conroy passed way too soon. Um, so it's, I will say this from the last few times I had seen him, you kind of knew something was wrong because he looked a little sickly. Uh, <clears throat> even in the, the crisis crossover that they did on the CW where he actually got to play a version of the character in, in live action. Mm. He didn't look good there either. And the last time I saw him was when me, you and Ryan Haas were at Comic-Con in 2019. That was the last time I saw him and I didn't think he looked good either. So I don't know how long he's been battling this illness, but uh, there's definitely been something going on with him for a while and it finally caught up to him. So yeah, I I didn't think he ever looked sickly. I just thought he he he, he seemed to age very fast. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe I just didn't put two and two together. But yeah, I mean, it's just I mean, I was lucky enough to meet him a few times and talk to him and pick his brain about Batman and his favorite episode, and which happens to be perchance to dream. So if anyone wants to watch something in honor, it's a great episode. Conroy, yeah. yeah, that's that's probably the one to watch. Even though I. I and just I watched the killing joke because it would piss people off. <laughs> you know, like I'm gonna watch this. You guys are everyone's sitting there like, oh, I'm watching this, this, and this. I, I was like, I'm gonna watch something more obscure. So I picked the killing joke. Which um, I think is gets some undue hate, but yeah, I mean it's from, I, I actually enjoy the movie, including the stuff that nobody did like. Like I was like that didn't bother me. But that let's not turn this into a review of that movie. But <laughs> yeah, it's sad. I mean, like, if you think about it, like Conroy is one of the most dominant Batman personas. Of all time, like I mean, like you said, he's covered animate. He he was Bruce Wayne or Batman in animation, video games, and even he got the live action treatment in before he passed. So, yep. you know, he he really tackled a lot as Batman, and he reached so many different age groups and you know fans of all of all generations because of his ability to use his voice. You know, not as, you know, as a, as like a, a screen actor, but as a voice actor, you know, he's, 
it, it's really impressive. I mean, so many DVDs, not just BTAS, you know, or Batman Beyond, that whole sector, but like even like some of the DC animated original movies used him. Um, and yep. He's just going to be missed. There was a point in time where like, you know, Conroy was just like Batman, you know, just, he's just, he's just the voice of Batman, you know, like no matter what Batman <laughs> was in what incarnation or what earth or what universe or whatever, like that's just the voice of Batman. Yeah. I mean, it says 60 different productions spanning 15 films and 400 episodes of television as well as video games. Uh, so that's quite a legacy of playing Batman clearly more than anyone else has ever, even including like Adam West and people like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously there's been people who think he is the, um, best person to ever play Batman. I separate voice with live action, but some people like to put him in that. And if that's what they want to do, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with them. I mean, I'll argue that's what Twitter's for, but <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just you, you could do worse. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. I was thinking about it the other day. I went, no, not the other day. I think it was, yeah. Friday when I had, we got the news, I was thinking about, you know, man, think about a legacy that you can say that you voiced one of the greatest fictional characters in human history. Uh, and that's your claim to fame. It could be, you could have a lot worse of a life <laughs> than that. Uh, so he's definitely I mean, going to leave his mark. Can you imagine just like, I mean, and I, I mean, I asked him this when I interviewed him at Comic-Con in 2018, you know, what is that like, you know, voicing Batman for all these years? And did you have an idea that it would lead to this? And he's like, I had no clue that, you know, that that one job would lead to so many other jobs, you know, down the line and <laughs> in the future, he just... I just he just went in and he crushed his uh, his his uh, I guess his audition and you just you just never know really like you know he it was probably you know I'm sure he went into this this audition thinking this is just going to be some silly cartoon and if I get <laughs> it it'll probably last a season and yeah it ended up being his life's work you know Batman is his life's work that's what he is known for yes I don't know him from anything else. I don't Unfortunately, either. like I just know, and he probably didn't need to do anything else. No, I mean, he, if you look at his his career, he's been on other television shows and soap operas, and but yeah, this is the role mm -hmm. uh, or the voice role that got him that made him uh, got him famous. Uh, he also famously, uh, as we know, Mark Hamill, who played who did the voice of the Joker and has done the Joker, and they usually were paired together throughout the career. Uh, for me, like that. Mark Hamill has the best career playing my favorite fictional character, Luke Skywalker, and then <laughs> doing the Joker to be for me, someone like me, that's, that's gold. But um, he actually put out a statement and he said, Kevin was perfection. He was one of my favorite people on the planet. And I loved him like a brother. He truly cared for the people around him. His decency shown through everything he did. Every time I saw him or spoke with him, my spirits were elevated. Uh, Kevin Conroy was also a champion of Long Island. One of them, he was born in Westbury. Uh, which is here on Long Island. He grew up in Connecticut, but he was born here, so that counts. Close uh, enough. Yes, so that counts. Uh, but yeah, he will definitely be missed. Like I said, I tweeted out when it happened. I only when I think of um, live action Batman, it's always Adam West first, and then everyone else. But when I think of animation, it's just Kevin Conroy. I don't think of anybody else when it comes to Batman. So for me, 
he's been it. I know other guys have voiced him, obviously, but he's just his voice is so fantastic. There are multiple. When I read comics, there are multiple voices. You know, sometimes, Mm -hmm. sometimes I read them and I hear Conroy's voice. Sometimes I do. It's Keaton. Mm -hmm. I, I can't lie. Like we've had so many great actors portray the character over the years, but yeah, I mean Conroy, it's just for what he has contributed the amount of work he put in it's he probably has overall the greatest batman catalog of any actor yeah you know like yeah. btaz is held within such high regard many of us claim it is the gold standard of batman um i, I myself consider it the best interpretation overall of batman you know from start to finish it just includes it, it takes itself seriously and inclu- includes the bat family yeah um, it adapts, you know, Tim Drake in an interesting way, you know, in uh, the liberties they took, you know, I don't really think anyone has a problem with that show. And it's just, it's, you know, you're going to watch it now and think differently of it now that he's gone. Yeah. Like I think for your generation, that's the show. Like for me, obviously it was the 66 show, but for you, and your generation, you're around that yeah. age. It's definitely the show that that your Batman vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I liked it too. It was a fantastic cartoon. Um, that and the X Men cartoon are my two favorite superhero cartoons. Uh, okay, for me it was Spider Man and Batman. But yeah, Which but Mark I mean, Hamill was actually a part of as well. Believe it or not, <laughs> he was the Hobgoblin. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there we go. Another Mark Hamill reference, but. Yeah, rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. Thank you for lending your voice to this character that I've loved since I was a child. Uh, and Pete as well. We've both loved since since the child. So rest in peace. And uh, Is that it? Like, don't these things come in threes? We're done, right? We're done for the year. We don't have to worry about this anymore. <laughs> I hope so, like, man. Everybody else is good. Like, we don't I know the year's almost over to begin with, so maybe this is the wrong time for this to happen, but Nothing will beat, I think it was 2016, maybe, when like Carrie Fisher and George Michael died within like two, and then her mother, Debbie Reynolds, died with like a, it was like within like a week of each other. It was some yeah. crazy nonsense. Yeah, we don't need any of that. We don't need any of that uh, going on right now. So again, rest in peace to Kevin Conroy. So the other big news, at least, was the release of Black Panther uh, Wakanda and forever. Somebody got to see it. And yes, I got to see it, which is probably a surprise to nobody, but I, <laughs> I got to see it. I went to watch it on Thursday, Thursday night. So and... why don't you give us your spoiler free review? Since I haven't seen it myself, I've been okay. on a crazy work stretch. So why don't you just give us, uh, the Holzman, uh, Holzman spiel here. All right. It's, it's a good movie. I'll start mm-hmm. by saying that. Uh, it definitely deals with Bozeman's death and T'Challa's death in in a very very good way. Uh, it it's kind of the undercurrent of the entire film, even though it goes other places. That's the one thing that the royal family. So you're talking about Ramonda and Shuri. Uh, are, that's the thing they're dealing with through most of the film, um, which is very well done. It's a little overstuffed. There's stuff in it that has no business being in it. In my opinion, uh, I'm not going to say what I'll let you see guys see it first. If you've seen it already, you'll know what I'm probably know what I'm talking about, but there's stuff in the film that you're kind of like, yeah, that doesn't kind of fit. It's kind of out of place. 
so that was a little bit of a drawback. It doesn't take you out of the film. It, you're still there and you're still following the main through line, but it does kind of jolt you every once in a while when they throw this other stuff in it. Uh, Namor was great. This guy was fantastic. He really, really yeah. cool villain. That's yeah, the I, main drive for me, to be honest with you, uh, without Bozeman is, is going to see Namor. I mean, You've all you've you've all seen me defend Namor on the internet uh, as as you know more popular as Aquaman, but that's a different conversation. So I'm really pumped for Namor, but uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah, he's he's a very the actor d- plays him very well. Obviously, there's a little bit of a shift in how his portrayal and actually where he's from. It's a little bit it's a little different. They mm-hmm. created a kind of world around him. Um, so that was a little bit different if you know his backstory, but like, he's one of the oldest Marvel characters <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's crazy that he's, he's, it's taken this long for them to put him in a film, but it was a good choice because of the underlying story that they told. It, it was a very good choice to include him. Uh, the, the cinematography is fantastic. I mean, it's really, really pretty. It's a really, really pretty movie in a lot of ways. And, uh, the acting performances are stellar, very, very solid. Uh, you know, Letitia Wright for a lot of the for a lot of the controversy that was surrounding the production of the film. I thought oh, she was man. very good. She was she was about MCU Arizona Miller, right? Like, <laughs> she was yeah. always in the news. Yeah. So I was very very I was interested to see how you know how if, if it impacted production or anything or if there was a change in her performance, but it really wasn't. She was very consistent throughout the movie. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o once again. Uh, I mean, I can watch her in anything, so she's she's always fantastic. But uh, Angela Bassett surprisingly um, had a larger role in this, and she's a lot of people are saying that. Yeah, she was very, very good, very, very good. I'm usually hit or miss with some of her stuff, but she was really fantastic. So mm-hmm. good movie again, a little overstuffed. There's gonna be there's gonna be parts of the movie you're gonna be like, yeah, I don't know why that's in here. Uh, at least that's what I said. But overall, from beginning to end, a very good sequel. It deals with, like I said, it deals with the main thing, which was T'Challa's passing and Bozeman's passing. And you can definitely tell where Coogler was massaging things and where he was just kind of letting things breathe on their own. Mm-hmm. And that's very much there. Uh, okay. So, so, yeah. So some questions from someone who hasn't seen the movie. Sure. What is... Uh, the balance between Wakanda and Atlantis. I know it's not actually Atlantis. I know things to are make, different. Telecon, it's called. Telecon. Yeah, Telecon? Okay. Yeah. So is it equal? <clears throat> like, do you spend more time in one place than another? Or? You definitely um, you definitely spend more time in Wakanda. It's it's okay. a Black Panther movie. Like It's, def- okay. it's definitely a, the, a Black Panther film. But there's, like, there's a good amount in Telecon. Uh, it's kind of a split place. So I don't, I mean, I'm not going to get too much further into it, but you kind of see two different levels of it. So um, compared to the first film, which one do you like better? I like the first film better. Okay. Uh, only because, I mean, it's it's Black Panther and you're expecting to be T'Challa and he's not in this one. So right, right. that's the thing that for me was different. Uh, but they handled that well. Like for, I, we both said we would have preferred if they recasted the character, but I think they did a good job in honoring his memory and, mm-hmm. and where they went with it. I think they did a very good job. Do you so. think this is, I've seen some hyperbole tweets. Is this the best uh, film in the latest phase of the MCU? 
is this top tier MCU? I think it maybe for me just falls a little short of top, top tier MCU. Uh, So it's the middle of the pack. Yeah, it's middle of the pack, high middle of the pack. Like it's, it's one of the top middle of the pack ones, I would say. Uh, But I like Dr. Strange better and multiverse of madness, but I like that kind of those kinds of movies. So, you know, that's why I like that one a little better. But if people like this one better, I can't argue with them. Like I can't argue at all and say, Oh, you're crazy. No, no, this is definitely worthy of, of that. Do you feel the changes to Namor were necessary because of Aquaman? Do you think Marvel was a little hesitant to do something as close to, because the two characters have very similar origins. Yes. Very similar. Aside from Atlanteans in in the MCU being blue, they're basically <laughs> the same character. And you know, like there's yeah. very few differences between them. Aquaman's obviously, a, he's a blonde hair, a little bit more goody two shoes. Namor's kind of a dick. Do you do you think that was necessary? Because they felt it was necessary with Captain Marvel to change her background a little bit uh, to separate that character from Green Lantern for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, do you feel that any of these changes were necessary? I think for the fans, they might have been. For fans of the character, they might have been. Uh, I don't think for the general audience it's going to make a difference. But I think for... Uh, you know, I think there's a, a group of fans, especially if you like both, who are going to say, oh, we already got Aquaman. You know, we have him in on, on the big screen. If they would have kept it too similar to that, I think that would have been an issue. Uh, but um, the changes that they made, I think with regards to the film and how where they're going with the movie and bringing in that culture because they use, it's Mesoamerican culture. So it's, it's like the Aztecs, the Incans, the Mayans. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah. type of culture. So I think it was good for that because it's very similar to Wakanda being an African nation. Mm-hmm. I think okay. it worked better than having some fictional place like Atlantis be the place where where they are. So I think for the what what how the MCU's built and how they've built out Wakanda, I think it was a better juxtaposition for Wakanda the way they did um what's it called? Talakan than not having Atlantis. Interesting. Okay. I uh, I look forward to seeing it on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I think I do think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, you might have more issues with the no more thing than I did, but um, yeah, we did. They did a. We actually did read a little story, and we we got a little bit of a video into how the changes they made. We kind of just discussed what they did, uh, how they went about it. Um, Ryan Coogler said he was very, very much wanting to keep it grounded in a world where people could relate, and that's what the. Um, that's what having the Mesoamerican mm-hmm. angle was for that. But he's still a kick-ass villain, um, even though <laughs> Ryan Coogler would say we don't have villains. <laughs> uh, in this movie, he is the villain. So, you know, I know going forward, he probably won't be. They'll probably bring him back over. Uh, it's, Namor kind of plays both sides of the fence, really. Right. He's, yeah. kind of. He does what's best though. for him. Yep. And that and includes Sue Storm. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well played. So, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, he definitely, like you said, he, in this, he's the villain. He's really, but it's like the point of view thing, right? Like I'm bad for my people. Like that's what this one's about. I'm, I'm doing things considered evil to help my people because. Sounds like Zod and Man of Steel, no? Yeah. Very similar. That's a good call. 
So, but you'll definitely. I mean, obviously, when you see it, let me know what you think. Uh, do you do you think we get a, a Namor spinoff solo film? Do you see that happening? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Really, that's interesting. That's a good question. I mean, I was expe- what I was expecting you to say was, uh, you have to see the movie because then I was like, okay, there's post credit scene leading to that, but <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. There is a post credit scene, but it's not that. Uh, apparently, it's so. a big deal though. A lot of people. I mean. It's, it's a, a very big deal, yes. Yeah. It's a very, very big deal. Which doesn't sound surprising. I feel like all these Marvel post-credit scenes are a big deal. This one is... How can I put it? A little surprising. Uh, wow, they brought Tony Stark back. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot. That's what I want to talk about. Riri oh, Williams. He is back. <laughs> no, no. The Riri Williams character, the mm-hmm. Ironheart, who we're going to be seeing. Uh, she... The, I like the actress who played her. And I don't want to say she is a female version of Tony Stark because she's got a little bit more sass to her. Uh, but she's fantastic. I really, really enjoyed her. And uh, I don't know if she needed to be in the movie. That's one of the things I said was overstuffed. They, I think they were just trying to put her somewhere before she gets her show. But I like all the suit online. It looked rough. Yeah, the suit's not the not so great. I didn't I didn't love the suit. To be honest. Yeah, it looked weird. Yeah, it was a little strange. It looked like you remember, like oh man, I was it looked like something out of like VR Troopers when I was a kid. <laughs> that's fair. That's a, that's not a bad comparison. But yeah, it was a little bit of a strange suit. I think they went a little bit too far left in trying to make it more feminine, um, in a lot that's of ways. Fine. Okay. So, but I mean, she also builds a prototype suit before she get, gets the one that you see in the movie. It's it's very, the the origin is very similar. Uh, it's what we got in Iron Man. So that that's all I'll say about that. I'll leave it there. Sounds, sounds utterly fantastic. But yeah, but I mean, she I love the actress and the character that they, how they did it. She was great. All right. So. Well, now she's got her own show. Yes, she has her own show coming. And that should be, I mean, we'll see. Uh, but I think, I think it's going to do pretty well. Uh, but this one, I have like no preconceived notion or anything. I have no idea. Uh what they're going to, where they're going to go from here or how they're going to continue it. But we, after you see the movie, we could talk about it a little more. So, well, after you watch Batwoman season three, we can talk a little more about that. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't hold my breath. I'm going to try. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's just stick in the MCU for a bit. So we had a, we had a casting uh, recently. The, uh, obviously the Hugh Jackman and Deadpool three was a big deal. Uh, very cool release. Very cool thing how they done. But there was also some. There was also a rumor about somebody else being <laughs> in Deadpool, and that was Taylor Swift. I had no idea her and Ryan Reynolds were so close. I didn't either. This article was very revealing to me. Uh, but yes, he addressed it uh, recently on Entertainment Tonight, I believe it was, uh, where he was talking about it, and they asked about the Taylor Swift rumor. And he said um, he would do any he would love her to be in it. He would do anything for that woman. uh, But that was never really a real thing. And he talked about how his his daughters, she's like really close to him and Blake Lively. And his daughters like treat her like that. She's just their aunt. And they had no idea how popular she was. (laughs) Which I almost feel like this is like a total Ryan Reynolds move where she's totally in the movie. And he's just oh, blindly, blindly lying to us, or blatantly, blatantly lying to us. That's possible. 
you know, um, or now that maybe she wasn't, but now she will be because there was rumors <laughs> about like a music video and there was like a Deadpool three connection in her for in a recent music video for her. And like, there's, there's been like this trail of breadcrumbs about Taylor Swift in Deadpool three. And for, I mean, you know, just going back to Andrew Garfield and then Jason Momoa denying they've been in, you know, Momoa denying he's been Aquaman for like five years. Yeah, and you know Garfield and I was in No Way Home. Like obviously, because like, I can't trust you, <laughs> I can't trust these actors. I totally expected, and it wasn't like it was always like it would be Taylor Swift in the movie. Like she would be playing a fictionalized character ver- or version of herself. So, right, which totally would fit something crazy as Deadpool. So, oh, I of think, course, I actually think she's in the movie, and I think it'll be pretty funny. And I. I I think a lot of people are going to be surprised because I feel like, you know, not many people have talked about this except for us. I feel like we've, this is the second time we've brought this subject up. Yeah, it is. And uh, it was cool that it was finally addressed. Uh, the article also mentioned something else that everyone's been kind of skeptical about is like, are they going to Disney-fy um, Deadpool? I know we've talked about it a couple of times. And uh, Rhett Reese, who's one of the co-writers, said... On an interview with with the Den of Geek, he said, don't worry about that. They've been very supportive with regard to that. Now it comes to a particular joke. If we cross a line, maybe we'll hear it at some point. Maybe not that joke. But I think they've been incredibly supportive of what we're doing because obviously we were doing it separate from them for a long time. And I think they've seen the success and they've had their own even greater success. So hopefully it'll be a marriage made in heaven. But we've definitely got their support. And that's a great thing to feel. So we keep getting, you know kind of re- a reaffirming message that yes, Deadpool three will be as raunchy and <laughs> I, I, gotta, I gotta see the trailer. I know the trailers aren't <laughs> showing anything crazy, but I just need like visual confirmation on this. You know, like yeah. I need to see the bleeps. <laughs> I need to hear them, I guess, is the better term. It would be funny if they did something like that in the trailer. Well didn't they do the whole tease where like it was it was Jackman and Reynolds and their entire uh, teaser was bleeped out. Well, it wasn't bleeped out for for like um, vulgar content. It was just bleeped out because they were t- giving plot <laughs> plot parts of the story. Oh, like to tell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but we'll see how we'll see what happens eventually. But that was a good thing to read, just to uh, you know, calm anyone's fears. I, I, I mean, I think this would be f- a fun little thing to even bet on is Taylor Swift and Deadpool three. Yeah, we, we, we it'll be our non Deadpool Deadpool Deathpool. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could do that. That would be cool. That'd be cool. All right. So another potential, uh, not another potential, another movie that is is coming. We've seen uh, we've seen trailers for it, and it's been pushed back a couple times actually. I believe. Uh, Spider hasn't been. I know. <laughs> Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, which obviously is the follow up to in- the sequel to Into the Spider Verse, uh, is adding a pretty accomplished actor, Daniel Kal. I always say his last name wrong. Kaluuya, I think it is. Yeah, DK. Yes. <laughs> he will be playing Spider-Punk. Now, um, Pete, give us a little background on Spider-Punk. Uh, to be brutally honest, I don't know anything about Spider-Punk. He's a, <laughs> he's a character that was created, and uh, I thought this was like a dumb gimmick character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did not even give this character a chance. I know nothing about this character. And and I honestly was like, I saw the outfit and I was like, I am not going to buy into this. I, I want nothing to do with it. I had no idea this character had a following. Um, and you all know how much I love Spider-Man stuff. 
That's why I so, asked. Yeah, uh, I don't know. So this will be my real first introduction. Um, I, I read a little bit about him, but kind of forgot about it. But he's got a he's got a tragic backstory. Um, he's a, he's a, a version of Spider Man from another Earth, and right. he he's kind of got a little bit of a punkish attitude. And uh, I I just I. I'm sorry, I can't get into this character, but let's see what he can do uh, next to Spider Gwen and Miles and uh, you know Nick Cage, Spider Man, uh, Spider Man Noir, and uh, so we'll see what happens. But you know, uh, you know, Kalu is an amazing actor. Uh, I can't think of anything he has been in that I disliked. Uh, the only thing he has been in I haven't seen is Nope, actually, which uh, is a bummer because I hear that movie's fantastic. So uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big uh, Spider Punk fan. Uh, never have been, so I'm not going to try to uh, lie to you guys. I, I don't know. I don't know anything really about him. <laughs> well, he's only been around for seven years, so he's very very he's new, new in that regard. Yeah, very new in that regard. But yeah, you said his backstory is he's a homeless teenager who becomes a hero to the oppressed citizens of New York in his. his, his I can't talk in his dimensional universe. So that's that's the little tagline we got for him. Uh, yeah, so. This is cool. Anytime you can add a voice actor like him, obviously the rest of the cast is stellar. You have Oscar Isaac, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren uh, Luna Lauren Velez, Greta Lee, Issa Rae, Rachel Dratch, Jorma Taconi, Shea Wiggum, and Jason Schwartzman, along with Haley Steinfeld, who's playing Spider-Gwen, and of course, Shamik Moore, who is Miles Morales. So there we go. I'm pumped for this one, though. I mean, I really enjoyed the first Spider-Verse movie. It's just like it was fantastic. Else, so. I'm really excited so to good. see where they can go and see, and you know, obviously a little Spider-Man 2099 never did anybody any harm. So uh, I, I, man, I'm pumped. I can't wait. I, who knows what they're going to do here? Really? This is going to be nuts. Yeah. We don't know. Like I said, we got, I feel like we got that trailer like last year or a year and a half ago or something like that. And we haven't heard anything since. So I have no idea, but I'm, yeah, this is one of the, the animated films I'm really looking forward to. So. We'll see, because the first one was just so damn good. Yeah. All right, so we're going to switch houses now. We're going to go over to DC for a little bit. And what did they do now? <laughs> they didn't do anything except give us an eight to ten year plan, apparently. And we all know. Whoa, it's here. <laughs> Let's rejoice. <laughs> Doves and wedding bells are in the air. Yes, we all know how much a, how important a plan is to people. When it comes to the DC universe, even though the times they've given it to us, they've never stuck to it. <laughs> but they, ne- they never stuck to it. You didn't like it, so it didn't exist. But now, but this now, plan, this plan's going to be real. Yes. So James Gunn talked about this, and there was an article in THR, and James Gunn talked about it at a, uh, I believe it was the introductory conference with David Zaslav. So he spoke about it. And he talked that he and Saffron have begun to work on a long-term plan for the overarching story that they're going to tell. And it's going to include film, TV, live action, and animation. Uh, live, television gaming. That was the other thing. Gaming, too. So, the hell does, What is television gaming? I believe he means just games. Video games. Okay. That's my guess. But it, that's kind of weird, including those things in story. Now, Star Wars does this as well. Um, Star Wars has begun to do this as well, so it's not it's not uncommon. But to include it into if they're really going to be telling a story like Marvel Hat did and have all these things intertwining, including video games, that's going to be interesting. 
I, I, I still don't believe all this stuff is going to be told over. <laughs> I just, I don't. Well, it would be the the bad thing about doing it through video games is, is what if you don't buy the game and play it? I yeah, like I, I would love to buy Gotham Knights, but I, I can't right? spend that kind of money right now. I just can't justify it. Right, but Gunn went on to say the opportunity to make opportunity to make DC as great as it can be and as it should be. That is the reason why I'm doing this job because I know that Peter and I can do that. We spent the past couple of days with a group of some of the best thinkers in the industry, the best writers in the industry, starting to map out that eight to ten year plan of what it's going to look like in theater, in TV, in animation across the board for these characters. I think so. that's interesting because, like, while I have total faith in these two, and mm-hmm. you know, I just it. They only have four year deals. So if Zaslov isn't happy with this by like year three, like what good is this 10 year plan? Yeah, that's right. I'm I just mean, saying, like, you know, and then everyone's concerned that like Discovery's going to buy Warner Brothers at some point or whatever. Like, no, Comcast. Comcast? <laughs> whatever. Discovery whatever. already did buy them. I mean, I'm sorry, Comcast. Comcast <laughs> is going to buy them. Like, like, okay, then we're just starting from square one again. I don't know. That's like, that's. I was talking to Adam about this from Multiverse Musings. I'm like, my focus is next week's Titans and next week's Stargirl because that's that's what's coming out. And one of them is <laughs> going to get canned. One of them's already get done. That's so, true. Like, I'm not worried about the plan or whatever. Like, whatever happens, happens. Um, I'm worried about what what I can watch. And uh, you know, what if you got something coming in ten years? That's great. If you know, if I if I don't get hit by a bus, I'll see it. Well, the cool thing, I mean, the the cool thing is they specifically mentioned Metal Men, the Metal Men and Batmite. Uh, Gunn actually talks about them specifically. This is the second time Batmite has come up from James Gunn. All right. So So we'll uh, see. We we all know how much I love imps. (laughs) Yes, we do. One specifically. (laughs) I love, well, I love Mixie. Mixie's great. I I think he should be the next Superman villain. But yes. But he does mention them as well: Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Obviously, he mentions the the big three, and he talks about them, how much he loves them as well. But I think it's going to be interesting to see, since he's kind of the creative side, where the, where he goes with this and telling the story. But it's going to be cool to watch. But they, there like there is a plan. It sounds like he's already got a story in mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they specifically talked about mapping it out. So yeah, I mean. There's definitely a story in mind. So, uh, you know, whatever. Whenever he, whenever he feels it necessary for us to know, he'll let us know. And, uh, you yeah, know, we'll, we'll talk. We'll definitely talk about it here. That's for sure. Yes. So we have more information regarding um, a little bit more insight into Black Adam and the, the obviously the end credits with the Superman appearance. And uh, Aldous Hodge spoke about it. Uh, recently and they were asking him specific questions about you know did you know about superman and and he said no he didn't know until like two days before uh he said they kept it pretty close to the premiere and i'm like how do you follow social media like how did you not know maybe he doesn't does he have a twitter account i don't know i have no idea did he move over to mastodon because of elon musk possible it's po- very possible and he said the cool thing the other cool thing was the viola davis um, stuff was shot well after in the reshoots portion of the mm-hmm. of the shooting for the movie. Sounds like we're getting so, deleted scenes. Yeah, we probably will. Probably will get a little bit of that. But it was a it's a very cool um, interview with him. He talks about how he, he worked with Viola Davis when he was like twelve years old. 
and so to work with her again was just fantastic even though he they didn't do their scene together he was able to it's cool to like work with her it was actually interesting to hear uh aldous hodge speak his mind in this article i forget where we got this article from but he comes from thr both of his parents are marines Yes. And he almost sounds like he sides with the Black Adam way of thinking. You know, like there's a gray area when it comes to taking a life. He, you know, I was like, wow, like I did not expect you to go there, dude. Yeah. That was really fascinating to read. Um, and it was just like, man, I, and I was like, man, I love this dude because when I saw him in Visible Man, I was like, this guy's, this guy's the real deal. He but was. You hear him actually speak his mind and kind of just really just, believe in what he's saying and you know have reasons for it you know i was like wow like it's it's a refreshing thing to hear outside of your typical hollywood interview dribble yep it was a little bit of backstory into uh his own mindset right like how he would approach things yeah it was just shocking because you don't hear many people say that stuff especially someone who's you know have who has like a career that's on the rise right now. Like he's one of the more talented and one of the hotter actors in the game. You know, like some people would shy away from that because they're afraid of how people would perceive it. But I thought it was very refreshing to hear him say whatever the hell he wanted to. I agree. It was a cool, very cool interview. Uh, Another thing that came out in the interview, which I didn't even know was a thing. Black Adam was going to be rated R based off of what? Uh, I, I think it was just very violent. Oh come! That's not R-rated violence. I just, I'm just telling you, maybe they had to tone it down. You know, a little bit of blood goes a long way with the uh, motion picture authority, the MPAA, whatever the hell that agency's called. MPAA. Yeah. Motion Picture Association of America. There you go. That's it. There you go. Mumpa. Yes. So he goes. Yeah, and then he's the last thing he spoke about, which I thought was cool, was working with Pierce Brosnan. Um. You know, they asked if they discussed their backstory, and he said no. That whole relationship they had was or completely organic, off of just them, um, pretty much improving off each other. That's cool. That was which really was cool. cool. Yeah, that was which you, was cool. Because you could have you fooled me. I thought you guys had something planned out. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but he said no. The whole thing was just them being actors, and he's like Pierce Brosnan is just so good at that, like leading you into mm-hmm. uh, the like leading the story and where you need to go. And he's like, it was just so awesome working with him, uh, which I kind of gathered uh, anyway, because I mean their chemistry on in the movie is fantastic. So I really, really, it was really, really cool to read this interview. Uh, he also talks about taking over for Alex Cross, which um, obviously there's been movies with Alex Cross, but this is going to be a show. So he talks about that. Um, oh, I also need to apologize to you, Pete. It just reminded me. I said last week that Enola Holmes was a show, but it is indeed a movie. Ah, so, there you go. I was right. I yes. was wrong. Yes, Pete was correct. Thank you to Garrett for correcting us. <laughs> Garrett, Garrett corrected me, not us. Garrett corrected me. So uh, thank you. I, I, I didn't... I thought it was a little funky having a TV show get a red carpet. Yeah, but Stranger Things gets it. Did they? I don't remember. I don't remember seeing that. So, all the big ones, I think all the bigger shows now get them. So, that oh. means Batwoman should have one for season four when that comes oh, out. God. We're back on this again. I'm going to get that hashtag moving. 
<laughs> no more hashtags. I can't do it. Who do I have to threat? Who do I have to call a snake to get my uh, get my Batwoman season four? I don't know. But is it the Jeff next... Johns? Well, <laughs> please. I was just reading. He was trending on Twitter, so I said, "Oh, let me go look at what it's about." Apparently, people are mad that he's bringing Doctor Manhattan back as a, its own character, and he's doing a book for this. Did you know about this? Yeah, I just read. Uh, I read it on my train ride home from work. The uh, the, okay. DC, the new Golden Age. I thought it was really interesting, and Jeff yeah. Johns does what Jeff Johns only can do—just really play in the greater DC world like nobody else. I I, I thought the book was very interesting. It, it leads into the new Justice Society title, so. You know, if you and it's very Doctor Fate heavy, so for those of you like Eric, we're Doctor Fate fans. Maybe it's worth picking up. Um, but yeah, it seems like uh, Mister Johns is just doing what he does best, writing good comic books. Well, you know that for a certain segment of the fan population, well, they will never see that. <laughs> they will never see him as being anything more than a snake. So. It was a very interesting uh, rabbit hole I jumped down on Twitter just to see the trending. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of why? people are upset, like, oh, why is he doing around this stuff with Watchmen? But I'm just like, I don't know. Let the guy just, just can we let writers write? And, you know, if it, if the story sucks, like a don't movie, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you it's not good and whatever. But I enjoyed Doomsday Clock. I enjoyed, what was that thing he just teased us? I forget what it was. He did something else. Wait, he did. It ended up with a, with a Watchmen tease, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's interesting." I didn't expect. Oh, Flashpoint, Flashpoint Beyond, that was great. Um, and now this new Golden Age, which is interesting enough, and you know, I, I got to see some uh, Helena Wayne, uh, you know, the the, the oh, Earth yeah. Two yeah. Uh, daughter of Catwoman and Bruce Wayne seems yes. to be a main focal point in this. Is I mentioned the Justice Society, so I thought it was really cool. I can't wait to see where it leads and. You know, it's it's very interesting. I, I'm I'm all in. Like I, I read a lot of Jeff Johns. I like the man's work. I think he's brilliant. Yeah. yeah so I just brought that up because it, it hit me. And when you did the snake thing, I was like, oh, <laughs> let's look at this. So uh, no yeah. PR is bad PR, right? That's true. That's true. If you're being talked about, you're doing something either right or wrong, but you're doing something. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to let you run with this next story because I know you wanted to. And I'm going to let you go with it. So Jason Momoa kind of teased a little something about one of his dreams coming true now that he's that James Gunn is here and they had a conversation. And there's a lot of he said a lot of cool things are coming up. One of my dreams come true. One of my dreams come true will be happening under their watch. So stay tuned. So Peter Stafford family. Yes. So what do you think this is? I'm going to let you run with this. Go I, I'm going, like, my thing is, I think Momoa is going to be the first actor in in either in either brand to double dip. I think not only is he going to be the incontinuity Aquaman, but I think he's going to be the incontinuity Lobo. Oh, that's going to be tough. How is it going to be tough? Lobo and Aquaman don't really interact. I think well, That's true. I think we're going to get a Lobo Superman movie. And I think really? that's what really gets jason momoa really going oh you think he he might be the he might be the villain maybe i think he might be the villain and i think it could possibly set up a brainiac in the next film kind of like i'm thinking like man of tomorrow that animated film that turned parasite into godzilla right something like that um that's where i'm going i know a lot of people were speculating that i don't know where this came from but 
Justice League 2 directed by Andy Muccietti. Like, I just, I don't think that's the case because I don't know where the Justice League stands after, at all at this point. We don't know what's going on with Batman. We've got to get Superman reestablished, right? We, we know it's Cavill, but like, let's get that out of the way. Gidot's right. contract is up in the air. She's also said she's done after Wonder Woman 3 numerous times, even though she's kind of recently backtracked. I think Ray Fisher's time is coming gone. I think <laughs> I think Ezra Miller is time is coming to an end. So I don't know really if there is a Justice League to make a movie about. Right. That's why I'm thinking a little more outside the box. And what would get Momoa really excited would be to square off against Cavill. Like, this is just me being a fan and speculating. That, that That's just me. But I, I think he's going to be Lobo. Yeah, and I mean, if you think of anyone out there who looks like Lobo. <laughs> and he does these interviews for, like, he's promoting, what's it called, like, Slumberland or something? He's got a new movie coming out? Yes. I don't know. I can't remember if that's the actual name, but, you know, he's just like, everyone knows who my favorite comic book character is and what I have the most comic books of. And, like, every, it's, I believe it's Lobo. So, and we've all said numerous times Momoa would make a better Lobo than Aquaman. <laughs> so I think he's going to be the first to double dip just because Lobo and Aquaman don't really have that much interaction. And I think for him to get really as excited as he's been, he's been teasing it for a couple of days, mm-hmm. obviously before the big uh, pressers for his new movie and, and, and all this stuff. So I, that's just where I'm going. You know, like I know they're pitching Cavill movie stuff and everything. So I think he pitched something along the lines of, Lobo being, you know, on the hunt for the last Kryptonian. Lobo himself is the last member of his own species. And I could see Brainiac manipulating Lobo in a way to kind of capture them both because that's what he does. So I I think it'd be kind of interesting. Is that what's going to happen? Probably not. But I don't want to sound, I don't want, I know that a lot of people online are saying this Justice League 2 stuff because that's what fans want. And I think they're just trying to get some likes and retweets out of you guys. And I, I just, I, from the bottom of my heart, like, it's just like, you guys will be playing, played for damn fools. You I know? don't know why that would be a dream come true. That's the one, like, when he said that, I was kind of like, well. It doesn't make it? sense, right? Like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. So, I don't know. I mean, I think, like I said, if you're, if I can think of an actor who looks the part, it's definitely him. So, I mean, I totally would be down for that. Unless it's like um, his dream come true is to get the entire cast back from the first one for a sequel. But like I said, possible. I just, I don't think that's going to happen. I think yeah, there's I a lot know. of burned bridges. I, I can't see Ray Fisher coming back at all. Uh, regardless of how you feel about the situation. I just think that bridge might just be gone. Um, so I can't see him coming back. I do think there's a path for Ezra Miller to be rede- redeemed. I do too. I don't like, know. Yeah, it's but right that's now, really up in the air. Yeah, right now I, I'd agree with you there. That's totally up in the air. And then I think Gal would come back. I don't know if she'd come back for another solo film, but I think for a team up, she might. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see that. And happening. I just don't. I don't think Affleck can wear. I don't think Affleck wants to wear the suit long enough that a Justice League <laughs> film needs a Batman. Like I know he's coming back in all these cameos and stuff, but like I don't think he wants to participate in like two and a half hours of Batman fighting whatever. Well, we'll get Rich Citrone to do it. <laughs> so he would just have to be in the suit for a little while. But I know what you're saying. I was just being funny, but I know what you're saying. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting, it was an interesting little thing that 
kind of came out of this. And I was like, okay, why is he even talking about this? But if he's that excited that he's going public with this news, then it's something big. Um, so I can't, I don't that's know what I'm it thinking is. It's him and Gavel, man, because I guess as, as far as fanboys, that's as big as it's going to get. Yeah, I mean, if he's a big Superman fan and he and Logo is his thing, then yeah, I could definitely see him wanting to do that. It would be interesting to see him double dip, but like you said, they don't really interact. So I don't see what the problem is either. Like, I just who cares? Let the man act. Like, who does? We all love Momoa. We all want more Momoa. His time as Aquaman might come to an end at some point, and if he gets to continue on as Lobo. I'm all for it. Or what if this is just one and done? What if it's just one movie? Like, I don't know, but I think it'd be cool to do something different. And I'm not like a huge Lobo fan either. Like, I think I have like one Lobo series and it was like the Sam Keith Batman versus Lobo three part prestige series. Like it's, I don't read a whole lot of Lobo. Like the character doesn't do it for me, but like I I'm down to see Lobo take down, take on Superman. Like, Let's he's a cool it. it's he's anything a cool other than lex luther and zod like i'm so i want to move on past lex <laughs> luther and zod movies like i just do yeah i'm with you i've gotten like enough said, i've gotten enough i've wanted zod. yeah i've wanted brainiac for a while so this would be a cool segue if we got it if they did that like the logo in the first one and then if they did another one with brainiac being the main uh villain i think that would be cool so i'm kind of with you there uh, I think there has to be a Lex if you're doing something like that, but he's got to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got to the be there. He's, he's too important not to, yes. but like, I just, I don't need it right now. I don't. I just, I've had a lot of Lex Luthor in my life. Yep. So and that includes season four of Titans. <laughs> yeah. Which we only got a little tiny bit of them, but I bet you, I guarantee he's coming back though. Yeah, for all we know that that that's with all not... this supernatural su- supernatural BS going on this season, you mean to tell me he's not coming back? Yeah, I would be surprised if he wasn't. So, yeah, let's let's go into a little bit. We could talk a little bit about episode four or three. Sorry, of um, I haven't watched it yet. So this Titans. is another Eric spoiler free review. Okay, so I'm actually I'm actually finishing my my review. I started. I got to finish it. And I'll, I'll probably be, have it tomorrow. Probably up tomorrow, so we'll see. But yeah, it was a very. It was the what this one episode did was introduce the Jinx character. Now, if you know Jinx, she's the Constantine. She connects to Constantine, so she's magical. This season's all magic, right? So it's about that, and it's this one focuses pretty much on Dick, uh, and they're really. <laughs> And try he meets Jinx because they had a past relationship, and he goes. It is about Dick. (laughs) Yeah, in more ways than one. Yes, and um, so he he goes to find her to help out with everything that's going on with all the magic stuff after they got their butt kicked by Mother Mayhem. He needs someone who knows this stuff, and this whole thing unfolds, and they have this whole episode, and Corey's brought in involved, and not in the way you're thinking now that you're thinking about Dick, but no, Corey's. <laughs> Corey's brought it to this to it a little bit, and um, Jinx, Corey, and and Dick go on this little kind of adventure, um, and find stuff out. I'm not going to go into it too much. You haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to go there. Uh, then there's also obviously the Connor angle. Still, Connor's trying to repent for messing up with the fight with Mother Mayhem. So him and um, um, what's his name? Jason, not Jason. Tim, him and Tim go back to Star Labs 
to try and figure some stuff out and Connor finds something and he's like, oh, I need to help. And then it goes from there. Uh, and then there's the whole Gar and Rachel angle. As we know, Rachel kind of doesn't have her powers anymore right now. So she says, she's like, oh, I feel like myself again. There's nothing like bothering me inside. And then she, we know Gar through the first few episodes has had been having these like visions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's this episode explores that a little bit more with those two. So those are kind of the three different storylines going on at once. And then, of course, more Brother Blood, Mother Mayhem. This sounds like a lot in one episode, so, man. This it sounds- is. There's a decent amount of juggling here, dude. There is a lot. Um, they do they do go through it smoothly, uh, very much. They're like it. It's not something that you get caught up in one thing. You're like, crap, why they jump away? There's there's not like a bad cutscenes. It's very put together very well, flows very nicely. But uh, yeah, it definitely raises more of the stakes. You definitely get a little bit more in depth about um Corey, specifically. Uh, there's a little bit of there's a scene with her and someone that we've seen from her past that comes in comes into play here, so it's it's a very very I really really like this one. Uh, it's probably my favorite episode of the season so far. Um, How so, are we dealing with the gore and the blood? Not much in this one. Okay, there's not much in this one, but uh, yeah, I definitely uh, definitely enjoyed this one, and I had to, I actually watched it in two two days. <laughs> I've been, I, like I told you, I, I've started a new job, so my time's been a little bit crazy right now, and I had to watch it in two days. I could even watch it in one sitting. So, but uh, yeah, I think I think this one you'll like a little bit more. I do. Okay. So, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I'm probably going to turn it on after this. Yes, do that. Have you been watching uh, the the new season of Star Girl? I haven't. I have to. Man, get, you you got to watch that. it. It's really good, dude. Right, well, it's really fantastic. Since it's the last one, I gotta get on it. So yeah, it's really there's some really good stuff here. So I will definitely, I will definitely get on that one uh, because I do have to. I like I said, I I think the show is fantastic. I just need to to catch up, but my time has been short. I so. know, man. I haven't even got to see Black Adam with my brother yet. Oh, really? Our schedules have just been busy. These uh, we're both working all these night shifts. It's just, we, you know, we're not just we we just can't get it together. <laughs> I'm hoping Saturday, um, we can see we could see you know either Black Adam or or uh, Wakanda forever, whichever one he wants to see. I'll go see with him, but you know, because he do has a double feature. Either. I'd be down for a double feature. I got to do I got to do an episode with Nico and um, uh, Papa Webbs, but uh, after that, I'm down to go see some movies. I, I have, I told you that I've this weekend will be my first weekend off in twenty days, and I plan on spending it at the theater with some popcorn. I could think of worse ways to spend a weekend. So you know, mix in the devil's cool. game here or there. You know, we'll see what happens <laughs> with the weekend schedules like. But well, you brought up Star Girl, and we, as we know, the actress who plays Courtney Whitmore is Breck Basinger. And she recently spoke about it on the Wayne Ayers podcast about the emotional roller coaster that it was waiting to find out what's going to happen. So she said, I actually found out in May that Stargirl might not be picked up for a fourth season. I was actually flying to an event for Stargirl when I got the news, but that being said, it wasn't for sure. And then she continues to say, the next few months became this emotional roller coaster of, yeah, I think it's going to get picked up, or, oh no, we're pitching to a different streaming service, and it just became this emotional roller coaster. So, as we know, 
it didn't get picked up. <laughs> yeah, it's such a bummer too because I think this is one of the better DC TV shows. Like I think this is live action, a top five DC TV show, mostly just because it's been so consistent. Like there's it no has. bad. I mean, I know there's only been three seasons, but they're none of them are bad, and there's really no fluff episodes either, especially. Considering that it's a CW show and like, you know, the CW, like one of their flaws and I will admit is that they have very long seasons and some episodes feel like a lot of fil- feel like a lot of filler. And right. I don't think Stargirl has that problem. Um, so. And it's just sad because, you know, I, I can imagine like sh- she really likes this role. She's talked about it. She's fantastic in the role to go the up and down of L it is this, it's that it's going. It's it might be picked up. It might be shopped somewhere else. You know, it, it, to me, it's kind of a bummer. That it didn't get picked up by HBO Max, to be honest with you. But I, know. I feel like that's you know part of James Gunn's plan, ultimately, to have some sort of marvelous singular universe going on here, as opposed to what they were doing before with their more multiverse angle. But you know, it, it's a bummer because I love the show. They, you know, they again they've kind of reintroduced the Ultra Humanite recently, and everything going on. Uh, Beth Chapel has really picked up last episode. That I watched, they, she's been kind of useless. I think, you know, she's the one one member of the JSA that doesn't fight, and they finally found a way to get her active in that. And okay, everything going on with Rick and Yolanda has been beautiful. Um, and you know, it's just this season's uh, there's a lot of heart and a lot of emotion, and I'm wondering how it's going to end because they seem to really be throwing everything at the wall, and it's it's all sticking at this point. Like there's there's nothing that's not. It's it's all really hard hitting and. I'm I'm really fascinated, and it, I I I can't wait to hear what you have to say about the show because you know even for someone who doesn't have the the comic book knowledge, it's it's all spelled out for you. You know, you're not going to be missing things, and that's part of the reason. Like I was like, I'm really been digging this JSA stuff because it's it's been in Star Girl for three seasons. Yeah, it's been in Black Adam. Jeff Johns got the new comic book coming out, and they're getting their own solo solo title. So I'm like, man, the JSA is back in full full. You know, he brought him back with Doomsday Clock, so it's. They're back, and I'm excited. They're they're a big part of my reading, uh, growing up. You know the that that run by Johns early on was just was brilliant, and it really sucked me in and got me in, just into those characters of the Golden Age, and you know just all the crazy wacky stuff they did back in the day, which is it's fun to read. It really is. Uh, so to hear that this show just it's, every time I hear that it's not getting picked up, it's just ah oh, man, this is such a bummer because. I just, I just hope maybe it'll get the Family Guy treatment, and someday it will. I've been, but I've been saying that about Swamp Thing too, because that was an amazing season that it had. You know, for anybody who watched that, that was. Also I watched really the, awesome. I watched half of that season. It was pretty good. It's really, really good, man. It was and pretty the way good. they ended it too. It was like, oh man, somebody picked this up. So yeah, I mean, it does suck. Like I said, Stargirl was one of the ones that I did like. Um, so it does suck that it. It's not getting picked up, and it sucks. It was sucks. It sucks to hear her story about. It's got to be tough not knowing if you have a job, <laughs> you know, going yeah. up. It's got. It's gonna be a tough as just a human being, tough thing to hear. But yeah, I was in. Last season was good, and I was interested to see where they were gonna take it. You really uh, like it, man. You really will. So, uh, yeah, I will. I mean, I'm definitely gonna watch it because, like I said, I like the show. I'll, I'll continue watching it. And it's so it's different from the, like I know it's got the team aspect of a CW show, but they don't have like the command center type deal going on. Well, they are know? a team, though. No, but it's it's not like Arrow and Flash and Black Lightning. And, you know, like they don't they all <laughs> just don't hover around. Like they don't have like the, that headquarters type vibe to it. You know, like I know Su- Superman and Lois is kind of like a team, but they're a family. You know, like. 
it's different. Like those two shows, like it showed like how the CW can do things just a little bit differently than what they have done originally, you know? And, and it's funny. They, they broke the mold with those two shows. Now they're just broken up. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of staying in the CW, uh, Gotham Knights is the show that's I think next to debut. And for a show that a lot of fans are kind of rolling their eyes at before it even starts, <laughs> they're adding more cast members. <laughs> And so, I'll tell you what, this goes out to the Batman on Film Facebook group. For every one of you guys who despise the show, you won't shut up about it. All you guys do is talk about the show all the time. It, it's, always a, it's always a topic of discussion. I thought all oh, you guys hated this show. I thought it was all trash before Arrival. But no, yeah. every time they do something, everyone's like, oh, can you believe this? I can't believe this. They're really going forward. Like, yeah, of course they're going forward with it. Well, it's, you know, they spent time in it and they're obviously still casting for it. So it's clearly going to be here for a little while. Uh, I think we'll get one season, but like, whatever. That's true. I probably will. But just because and I think that's the only reason that that is because they just sold the network. I think that's the only thing. Yes, I don't. There's really don't know what they're going to keep. And if it I I doubt this is going to pick up at HBO Max. So. Um, but Lauren, St- I think her name is Staymal, and Damon Dayub are going to be playing heavily recurring roles in Gotham Knights as Lincoln and Rebecca Marsh, parents of Brody Marsh. So there you go. Lincoln Marsh, we all know from the Court of Owls. Yes. So we'll see what that has to, uh, we'll see how that unfolds. But um, I don't know, like I'm. I'm interested in watching the show because it's like, I was like Bruce Wayne's weird son, right? He's not a Robin at all. Like I was like, I'm just so curious to watch it. Every And the fact that everybody hates it, it's kind of like Batwoman to me. Like you all hate it, but you've never watched it. So like, I'm just going to, I'm going to watch it and see what the big deal is. I'm really going honest. to watch. I'm going to watch. Oh, I'll watch the premiere. I we should do the green room. Shot. We should do the green room again. Oh, good to bring it back for for one a one for one season. <laughs> we could do it like bi-weekly. So yeah, that's not a bad idea. This way we don't drive ourselves crazy watching a show that's we probably wouldn't like. <laughs> but um, I I mean I think because because the way you were with Gotham, I think you'll probably have more critiques of it than I will. But Gotham, God. you know, yeah. I think I think the thing, the little things about this show that are off, you're gonna. I think you'll definitely jump on. <laughs> Whereas I'll be like, hmm, does it work in the show? That's what I'll say. Is it working for the show? If it does, then I'm I'm more. I I'm can't really wait to see this thing. So, all right, but... I'm really excited to watch this. I really <laughs> am, just because everyone talks shit on it. Yes. I do think it's going to be interesting to see the reaction. That's going to be fun. I'm definitely with you there. So HBO Max, Sarah Arbery, who is the head of originals for HBO Max, recently did an interview with Variety where they asked specific questions about specific titles that I think our fans would be interested in hearing. So, I mean, she talk, they talk about J.J. Abrams' deal a little bit um because we know that i forget the name of that show demande or something like that mm. got um got killed but she says no they still have a good relationship and there's this tv show called duster that you know they're gonna get up and running soon she hopes so if you're a jj abrams fan you can rest assured that you you will be getting something for him on hbo max that deal is still very much in play talk about game of thrones spinoffs 
Uh, and she was kind of quiet about it. She didn't, she didn't really speak much about into what they're going to do, but we'll see what happens there. She did. They did ask specifically about the Green Lantern series, and this was her answer. And I quote: "We remain very excited by the opportunity to make a big four quadrant space opera with Greg and Sarah for HBO Max." Now, to me, that says a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> yep. That's, okay. But who knows, right? We don't know. Uh, a lot sure. of the interview as well. She she says like, "I can't speak on this. I'd get killed if I said this." You know, like. She was playing the game, but she specifically talks about the Penguin. Yeah, buddy. So I'll go into a little bit what she says there. Penguin will, will sit immediately at the end of the Batman and temporarily, temporarily before the events of the second movie. So it's going to be in between, which we kind of knew. She says the goal of this show is, is to show what Oz's life is like, and that's very much in the streets of Gotham, trying to get up and over as only the Penguin can. As a hustler and strategist with his own ambitions. It is a great example of having the time over eight episodes to tell a longer arc character story with a lot of delicious twists and turns and new characters. It's very much going to be about Gotham at that street level because he's not flying around like Batman does. We are all embracing that as a very specific experience for audiences to have. So, yes, yes, that looks somebody is going to (laughs) die. This is going to be an old gang war. I cannot wait for this. This sounds like mafia television at its finest. Yep, with with the twist of the penguin, right? With, with how he handles things that we oh know. Oh my god, I cannot wait to see my man Oz, Johnny Slick, back in the fold. Yeah, I think this it's going to be, be interesting. Yeah, I do. Uh, she also gives a little bit, like, they ask about the Rat Catcher 2 series that had been leaked, and she's like, oh, that's the one of the things. She's like, I can't say a word about anything about this. <laughs> so well, why didn't she say we're really looking forward to making a rat catcher sequel with james gunn right like she did so, green lantern so i don't know right i may have i may have i may have crossed over to Crusoeville and think this thing never is going to happen <laughs> well we knew it would obviously the the focus had shifted from um what's it called to john stewart right so that we already knew so who knows we'll see they're just throwing names out there <laughs> yes but she talks about dune the dune sisterhood which is the dune spinoff which is the kind of the prequel to the dune movies and you like this stuff this dune stuff you know this stuff yeah i like dune so okay you ever yeah. read any you ever like dune before this before this movie i, I never got it i never watched any dune stuff before this movie so i i started reading the books the first book years ago and i never finished it but was it too boring i just i was young and it was a big book, and at that age, I was like, I have to a few years ago. I was like seventy-five. Oh, I'm not that old. <laughs> Although I am older today. Your birthday is not until the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> no, technically, it's one twenty in the morning, so it's my birthday. <laughs> but um, are you fifty-five yeah, yet? Double nickel. God, God, why are you? I'm old enough. You don't have to make me older. I thought you were as old as Rick Shue. No. No, and by the way, that picture he had today, whoo! I, Rick, what is he, what is he saying? D pics. I, I love you, Rick. No, he posted. Um, he posted something on Twitter about saying how he how old he looked, and he really did. Like, I, I wasn't going to argue with him. Like, yeah, dude, you kind of do look old in that shot. But uh, 
you know. God, Rick. Well, happy birthday, Eric. Thank you. Thank you very much. But yes, one more story I want to quickly talk about, uh, or one more thing she mentioned is the It series, that Welcome to Derry um, show that they were supposed to be putting together. That's apparently still in development. So, so Andy Muccietti is working on that, not Justice League 2. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I, I'll let Pete say it. <laughs> and there might be a Harry Potter TV, TV series coming. Oh, That's God. It. They're still doing that stuff. So there's lots of mites in this article. <laughs> Nothing like concrete the only, the except only Penguin. happening is Penguin. Yes, yes. It's the only is all that matters. Only co- oh they she does mention and just like that season two but we already knew that was coming. So I heard the to- first season was horrible. I was watched okay. yet. It was okay. They, I mean they're super old. That's just really weird. But really, I got to see Sex and the City two the movie. That's what I I want to watch it all in order. So okay, because you know I recently just did a binge watch of the whole series, which was great. Yes, I do know that. I do know you watched you did a binge watch. So I love me some old women. <laughs> well I'm now big, they're even older so i'm, I'm a big i'm a gilf guy go. dude i'm a gilf guy gilf that's hysterical <laughs> are you technically like you're a gilf you're you're a grandpa <laughs> i'm not that old jesus grandpa all the ladies in long island all the sally testerbergers are drooling over oh, you like could we can park in the handicap spot now biologically i could be a grandfather <laughs> but no i'm not so you so like i can imagine you and sally going to like i don't know senior citizen matinees getting your dollar popcorn eric we can get dollar popcorn for wakanda round two if that's hey that's a good benefit i'd be fine with that not, <laughs> not be not be mad oh uh, good old sally testerberger I did get a I from because of my birthday, my popcorn and drink at Wakanda for when I went to see Wakanda Forever were free. That's Thanks good. Thanks to AMC Stubbs. Thanks to large, large. Really? Look, you just saved twenty dollars. Thank you to AMC Stubbs. Yes. So, I believe, but I think that's it. I think we're done. Sounds good to one. me. Yeah. So, do you have anything to tell people? You could tell them. Uh, I, I did not see Hezbollah this weekend. I worked the UFC fight. Hezbollah was not in town. I asked a Ooh. bunch of people. Oh, no, he's a big, he's a big, important person. He, you know, he obviously coming across the pond is a, is a big deal, but, uh, you know, we'll see. UFC comes to New York every November. I'm sure I'll be working the event next year. So, you know, no Hezbollah, but I saw a lot of good fights. Um, a lot of blood, you know, it was just a typical UFC fight. So it was a good one. UFC, uh, 281, I think it was, but so it was fun. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I just, like I said before, I just ate a lot this weekend. That's all. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's all I, I went to the, I worked the UFC fight. Eric, what'd you do? I, I stuffed my fat mouth. <laughs> yeah. But like- what did you eat? Like I said, hibachi on I had hibachi on Friday night. Oh, what else? I knew you had hibachi. And then last night I went to the Brazilian steakhouse where they keep bringing all the meats. Dude, the, the the bottom sirloin's the best one. Dude, it was so good. Yeah, I had 
I had top sirloin, bottom sirloin, filet mignon, bacon wrapped steak, bacon wrapped chicken, a chicken leg. <laughs> there's one on the island. Yeah, yeah. There's a That's few. Great. A few I, I'm a big fan of the Brazilian steakhouse. I love it. Yes, it was so awesome. And then you get all the sides with the mm. yuca and the mashed potatoes and we the pl- we, the we got treated. We got treated once for work. And no joke, I literally stocked up at the salad bar on locks and then I ate steak. I was like, you, everyone's like, what are you doing eating all that locks? I was like, you know how expensive locks is? Like, I'm getting it. I'm literally stealing from these people at this point. <laughs> yeah, it was the salad bar, yeah, always fantastic, fantastic part of it as well. They had this candy bacon too, like this wow. candied. Oh, it was fantastic. It was really good. That sounds and good. then I had Tris Leche's cake for dessert, which I love. It was awesome. You, you don't take any pictures awesome. of this stuff. No, I did take a picture of the watch my mother gave me, though. If you guys, I saw Batman, that. I did see it. on Batman on film. You can go check it out. Very, very nice Batman sixty six watch that she gave me. So it was very, very cool. Look at that. Yep. Eric Holzman. Happy so. birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Eric. Happy birthday to you. Oh, people are going to know we recorded this at 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happens. But uh, thank you. Thank you again. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> How awesome. old are you? I am 46. Wow, you are an old man. Yeah, I'm old. But you should post a picture on Facebook saying how old you are. <laughs> like, oh man, look at how old I look right now. <laughs> yeah, someone already did that today. They stole, they stole my thunder. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast, Nick's with Friends. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Let's shut this one down, Pete. Tell where they can find you. <laughs> you can follow me all over social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, Zack Snyder's favorite platform bureau, and the newest uh, platform that the world's been introduced, Mastodon, at Pete Illustrated. Oh, um, really? You have a Mastodon account? I, I I got bored on the train to work, so I created it. <laughs> I was like, this is a great way to waste time. <laughs> I'm never on there. I probably use it as much as Vero. Um, <laughs> you can follow podcast number one, the podcast you're listening to right now, Gotham at straight underscore O underscore G on both Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook fan page. Consider joining both lots of great news and fan discussion going on in there. Most of them by Steve Helm talk like this from Texas. Uh, you can follow podcast number two, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast <laughs> at Italians for Spidey on Twitter. Me and the crew are getting together this week. Uh, next weekend, we're going to talk some comic books, some animation, some good stuff like that. So make sure you follow us where, you know, you follow both podcasts or wherever you get all your good podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, all that jazz. So they're both there. They're out there for the public. Uh, I'm all over BatmanOnFilm.com, all over Batman on Film, YouTube, toy reviews, comic book reviews, interviews. Uh, go over to BOF and uh, on the YouTube channel and check out my interview with Kevin Conroy. Brian Haas has an interview with Kevin Conroy. So yes. it, is, it is the right time to reflect on his greatness. And, uh, you know, I was very lucky. I got to sh- give a shout out to Bill for uh, allowing me to cover Comic-Con and uh giving me the opportunity to talk to one of uh you know my childhood heroes so i appreciate that so make sure you check that stuff out uh check me out monthly on the batman book club with ryan lauer 
Uh, I do the monthly recap show, and we got to get back on track with the No Man's Land stuff. I've been really busy lately, so I've kind of been I had to push something to the side. <laughs> and uh, I did a Batman animation thing with Lauer. I did some Grundy's Night thing for Halloween last month, so check that out. They're doing a lot of good stuff over there where I'd be left, so make sure you check out all their stuff. Like I said earlier in the show, check out that podcast tab over at the website. So, Eric, take it away. Yes, you guys can find me on Twitter at finally33, spell finally33. Same on Instagram, although, like I say all the time, that's mostly my food stuff that I make. So Except that's for when okay. he goes to the Brazilian Steakhouse. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't post anything, but whatever. That would have been weird, though. Hey, stop. I want to take a picture to the guy cutting the meat. While he there. puts it on your dish. No, no. You need the tongs. You got to take the tongs. and Yeah, it's, you got to take the sliced meat. People so, like sliced meat. That's true. Well, I didn't, so I apologize. But if you've never been to one of those places. I take back no. happy birthday. I wish you were on happy birthday. <laughs> go because they're fantastic. So if you've never been to a churrascaria, that's what they're called. Go and uh, go and check them out. Um, yes. Don't forget, you guys can listen to my Knicks podcast or my Knicks live stream. It's really more been more become more of a live stream now. So we do it every Wednesday night at nine o'clock. Unless there's a Knicks game, then we do it after the game ends. Uh, it's been a very disappointing last couple of weeks, but uh, we will be there throughout the season to commiserate with everybody. Uh, we have a good time. It's a lot of fun uh, to share because, like I said, we we talk about this stuff every day in our chat. We just basically are giving it to you guys now um and a live stream so check that out check out my reviews for of titans on batman on film i have the first two up from the first two episodes up last week go read those now yell at me argue with me that's fine uh i've like i've said so far i've enjoyed most of the season a little bit weird but the show has always kind of done that push the envelope knows what it is keeps doing it so i appreciate it for that and for what it is uh i will have my review up for episode three um probably tomorrow but I guess I'm recording this now. So by the time this is up, if you hear this, the review should be up. So there, like just check that out. And, uh, you know, I'll continue to do that for you guys. <sighs> I think that's it. I don't think I have anything else to talk about. All right. It's time for bed. Yeah, it is time for bed. <laughs> it's late and time to go to sleep. So that's we're going right. to shut this one down, guys. So for Pete, I'm Eric. You're listening to Straight Outta Gotham. And we'll see you next time. Booyah. <laughs>